Because of what I'm going to share with you today, I have a whole new energy in doing this podcast because I saw something on TikTok that really caught my attention and I knew I had to talk more about it because I'm impressed by the fact that TikTok is providing a platform for a whole lot of people who are not famous, who are not wearing bathing suits on the beach in Belize with the wind blowing in their hair, but they're instead telling their true stories about who they are, what they do and how they do it. All those nonfiction brand things and they're doing it live, or not live on TikTok, but they're doing it on TikTok, which seems to me it's supposed to be about dances, right? Wrong, at least to me and other people like me and like my guests today. So I want to bring them in right away. Welcome to the Nonfiction Brand Podcast, Joyce Roseman and also Kirsten. So Joyce yeah. is on viewers, if you're on the right, with the lovely kind of gray silver fox hair. Uh, that's Joyce. And then Kirsten's sporting kind of a, what would that be, a auburn? Is that the yep, shade? Yep. These two lovely ladies are located down in Nashville, Tennessee, USA. Now, my international listeners will know Nashville, whether you like it or not, because of country music. It is the capital of country music, but it's also, especially if you go there, it's the epicenter for what I would like to call creator culture at least in Tennessee, if not the central part of the United States of America. Because you go walking down a street, you're going to hear open windows with a bluegrass band in one house, a funk band in another, and someone who's painting and someone who's creating jewelry and art of all kind all over the place 24-7. And that's exactly what I found out Joyce likes to do. But before I let these ladies speak at all, I want to set the table by the way that Joyce set the table on TikTok. And really, I don't need to do anything more than go to a screen share and play the TikTok that really caught my attention. So hold on just a second. Here's the TikTok. I'm gonna play the entire one minute, 34 second thing so you can hear Joyce in her own words. Hello friends, my name is Joyce. Today, I wanna to introduce you to my business. I've been a sidewalk vendor in downtown Nashville for almost two years. As of Friday, February 17, the mayor decided that he did not want any more sidewalk vendors and so he signed a ban on all small businesses being anywhere on a sidewalk in downtown Nashville. You talk about a sock in the gut. This is a sock in the gut because this is how we make our living. My business is based on mental health advocacy. I have a husband who has had mental illness since he was 17 and he's going to be 62 in just a few days. Unorthodox methods of employment are what's best for us, so working for ourselves. And so I'm here to just introduce you to my business in hopes that I can grow my online presence and I won't need to sidewalk vend anymore. I'm gonna show you one of my pieces today. So I have three sections of guitar string that are twisted together like this. Now, I am often not the one that puts the final touches on a piece, but my husband, often puts all these together for me. Maybe one day we'll get him on here since this was his idea clear back in March of 2009. So here's the final bracelet, two colors of guitar string, phosphorus bronze, which looks like rose gold, which are the colors that I'm wearing today. And there you have it. Wow. I saw that. For some reason it's in my stream, probably because I watch a lot of guitar content. It's guitar adjacent, jewelry, but I saw this and I'll, I'll be honest with you, it caught my attention for a, uh, the first reason, surprisingly, was not about guitars. It was about 
wow, that Nashville mayor is a bit of a jerk. I mean, because there are a lot of people who now all of a sudden are out of a gig, literally, or really, really hurting. Then I got to meet you through it. You demonstrated. Now, you don't know this because you don't know me and nonfiction branding, but I always say branding is about two things. Number one, differentiation. Your brown cow looks like my brown cow. How do I make sure you know which is which? I brand my cow. Literally, branding started with cattle, right? Yeah. Number two, the number two job of nonfiction branding or branding in general is demonstration. Your entire TikTok was demonstrating not only how you make that jewelry out of phosphor bronze and stuff like that, but who you are, what you do, and how you do it in a way that was so charming, so authentic, and so real that I knew, I didn't even have to guess, I knew the response to that single TikTok had to be overwhelmingly positive. Am I right? Was yes. the response to that single TikTok overwhelmingly positive? Yeah, it was absolutely, I mean, we were blown away by the responses from people. I'm still getting responses from it, actually. And, I mean, people were just so supportive. They, they voiced their concerns and they voiced their support for us as artists. And then they went on to put, you know, feet to their words and they actually ordered. And so that was pretty amazing. A story like that, that is so genuine and so obviously true. I mean, we live in a society now that is based on kind of a weird dichotomy. Artifice and a desire for authenticity. Yeah, the artifice, sure. the people who front themselves, the influencers on Instagram and everything else, they are so fake. And yes. they, are, they are convincing an audience of people who don't know the difference that, oh, they're really cool. I bet you they do make six figures. Oh, I bet you that's his Lamborghini. Oh, I bet you he did invent that. And, exactly. you know, I'm old enough to have a finely a, a calibrated BS detector. The other people are looking for authenticity. Yes. Not fake authenticity, but really authentic authenticity, which is exactly what you served up so beautifully in that TikTok. And I just knew people were going to respond to that. So I took a look in the comments after it, and my heart filled and broke at the same time because there were comments from women in that video who were saying, hey, my dad passed away. He played guitar. I still have some of his strings. Could you make me jewelry with some of my dad's guitar strings? Yeah. Oh my God, I have three daughters. I love guitars. That, oh, that killed me. But that's the power of the product you make. It's not just the product you make. It's the foundation of everything about it. And I want to stop talking. I want you to talk. Why, oh, why did you and your husband, Glenn, start making jewelry out of guitar string? Wow, a very interesting story. And I have to preface what I'm going to say with the background to it, which was the years of loss related to his mental health and job loss. We sat down at the table and said, we've got to do something to stop the cycle of loss. So we had a discussion and said, we really feel like self-employment would be the best route for us to take. And so we began teaching music lessons. And we had done that before 
here and there, but not really as a full-time occupation. So we made a decision, started teaching music full-time. In the midst of that, we made a move to Nashville. And one day he came to me and said, you know, I've been thinking about this. He would change his guitar strings or he would change the strings of a student or he would change Kirsten's strings for her because she was playing guitar and learning the instrument at that time. And so we always had guitar strings laying around. And he said, I've been thinking about this. I think we could make really cool jewelry. And I thought it was the dumbest idea. I really did. Literally, I remember where we were sitting (laughs) and he walks through the door and he's got it wrapped around his wrist and he's like, we should be able to do something with this. And we thought, oh no. Here comes another idea. Yeah, and we we are a family of creative ideas, and we have laughed and said that we could have a whole business called Pipe Dreams Incorporated yep. because we just have a lot of creative juice that runs in our veins. And so I think I thought, oh, this is going to be another one of those silly ideas. So he kind of let it go for a couple of months, and he just kept, every so often he would pursue the conversation and... So finally, I said, okay, I'll give it a try. And we made a piece with a guitar pick in it, which is still a piece that we create today. And it's a fan favorite. I mean, everyone loves this bracelet. And so it all just launched from there. And here we are now 14 years later. And so, you know, it gives dignity to Glenn because here he is a guy that lost so much. And I gave respect and credibility to his idea. And I think that's a valuable part of the story because often people with mental health challenges are not taken seriously. Their ideas are not taken seriously. And, you know, obviously I was guilty of exactly what I'm saying, but this has been a really great way to give him a lot of dignity in the process. And it's a job It's something he can do, his part of the business, that no one can take from him. And isn't that the most important thing? Because we live in a time where people are trying to strip everything from everybody. Most recently, and this is kind of a pet peeve thing or a big thing that's happening to me because I'm a writer. ChatGPT comes out, the AI, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it writes really well. It's a computer-generated bot that you say, write a story in the style of Stephen King of about 750 words featuring a rabbit and a dog. And the output that will come back to you will shock you in terms of the quality. Oh, my. Yeah, well, it's, let me speak in music terms since you're down in Nashville. It's the equivalent of AI becoming so good at creating pop country music. I'm not talking real country. I'm talking pop country. I'm talking Florida Georgia line, pop country stuff. It will get to the point where it will create artificial artists who will do that artificial pop music that will sell tremendously well because it will respond in real time to the changing tastes of country music fans, or I should say of pop country music fans, because real country, and this is where me, the guitar player, gets on a soapbox, real country music fans go all the way back, pre-Roy Acuff, all the way back to the hills of Tennessee and Kentucky, Appalachia, and all that, to the Scottish and the Irish and the Gullah 
and all those influences in the music that created this sound that literally no place else in the world has. And all we can do is honor it by trying to interpret it today on instruments that have not significantly changed since 1840. Kind of experimenting with that AI stuff. So I didn't know about it in the the writing world, but there are people who will make videos saying they plugged in Adele and Taylor Swift into AI, and then that song will come out, like literally. And they'll it's like a running joke on TikTok, like oh I plugged this into AI, but really it's scary because what you're doing is you're stripping feeling from it. Yeah. And you're just getting music. But that's fine. You can have music. If that's all you want is music. But the reality is that music is purchased and downloaded and people go to the concerts because there's a feeling in that music. And that feeling you can't get from AI. You'll never be able to. That has right. to be a human-produced feeling. You hit it on the head. I mean, if you think about singers, a woman like Adele should not be an international star based on what good singers sound like. Her voice is not as big as Ariana Grande. She can't do the runs of a Christina Aguilera. She has a breathiness to her that isn't easily auto-tuned. You know, whatever. She should not be the global superstar she is, and yet she is because people are dying for exactly what you said. She projects feeling, emotion, and reality. And yeah. This is exactly, I'm sorry to compare you to Adele, Joyce, but (laughs) that's kind of the feeling I got when I saw your your TikTok. I'm like, okay, number one, wow, she's got a great calm presence on camera. Wow. I mean, not flashy, not, hey, I've got this great jewelry made out of guitar strings. It was (laughs) just, here's the situation. You didn't even talk about your product until halfway through the, the TikTok. Did you strategically think of those things or is that just the way it came out because that's who you are? Oh, that flowed from my soul, really. I get to take a little credit though. She did She did direct me on what she wanted me to do, <laughs> but did. she did not spoon feed me the no. words. That was just flowing very, very naturally from from my heart. And usually when I get in front of a camera, that is what happens. My heart and soul kick in And I try to just go with that. Yeah, It's interesting because a lot of the people who listen to my podcast are, call them lurkers, who are brand. Yeah, I get brand, but I'm not a brand. How could I be a brand? Well, you're living an example of anybody should be and could be, in reality, is a brand. And you can both differentiate yourself and demonstrate those two D words that I consider the foundation of branding. You did that perfectly in TikTok. And that's what everybody needs to do, even if you're a tax attorney. For crying out loud, H&R Block if, it will eat your lunch every day of the week. If you don't come up with a reason why you should come to me as your tax attorney for these specific reasons based on who I actually am. Right. So the fact that you, and by the way, Joyce, I'm going to give Kirsten some credit here. She actually kind of kicked you in the butt to get you to do this. Isn't that right? I've been working on it for a couple of years. Talk about that process, Kirsten. What is your vision for what you would love to see both Joyce Glenn and Rethrive Designs do in terms of social media? 
I think that what we have talked about thus far has really kind of laid the groundwork. It really is about branding. And we've discussed this a lot in terms of just our family discussions. But from the get-go, we have been a brand. And often, we've been a brand that people didn't really care for. It was not their taste. And so we've kind of walked a bit of a, an isolated path. And going back to the discussion of us being kind of creatives, and we just always had the creative juices flowing, that has helped us find our brand because we're really outside of the box thinkers and livers. We do not hustle for the American dream to have the next best car and the biggest house and the Gucci Prada, whatever, has never been the goal and it's never been what fuels our fire. What fuels our fire is talking to the people that have felt like us. Mm -hmm. You feel like you're ostracized and you're alone, yet you have really great ideas and visions for your life. And it is really hard to make a vision come to fruition when there's nobody there kind of backing you up and saying, this is a worthy cause to get behind. Mm -hmm. And I believe that social media is that link, is that key to the people that do not know you, do, do not care about you yet, don't know what you're doing, that if we can get outside of this cell of, okay, these are my Facebook friends, these are my Instagram friends, these are the people I talk to, and they don't give two poops about me, basically, I got to find who will care about me. I've got to find who will care about the jewelry enter TikTok, enter Instagram. But personally, I think TikTok is doing a better job yes. than Instagram is doing of escalating the voices of people that are not normally heard. I agree. You are so right, because the House of Zuckerberg likes to monetize everything, including attention. And so Facebook and the redheaded stepsister Instagram, they are monetizing everything. And yeah. I'm under no illusion. I know TikTok is raking in data like you would not believe, but the data yeah. is being, there's a, a, a value proposition. The proposition is, hey, TikTok, I'll give you my time. Serve me up stuff that I'm interested in. Yeah, And right. it does. And it surfaces up the strangest stuff that I'm still interested in. Witness yeah. a woman right. named Joyce of Rethrive Designs showing up in my feed on TikTok that gets me so excited. I have to have you on this podcast. Yeah. Wow. A carefully curated page like Instagram presented. And that was the attractive part of Instagram for me was, you know, it's a pretty platform. I love those nicely curated feeds. However, it never generated this level of connection with people like I always hoped that it would versus in three weeks' time of really committing time to TikTok, it's been absolutely insane to go from like 32 followers to now 10,300 followers. I mean, that's insane. But going back to that kind of the curated side of Instagram, that was one of the reasons she did not want to get on TikTok yeah. because she felt like it was sort of this unkempt space, if you will, that... She was like, well, I don't know, you know, how do my videos live? How do they resurface? Do people kind of come back? And that is almost like a double-edged sword in a way. There's a good and a bad to that. The great thing is that the video that you posted two days ago might not get seen by the same 
300 people, it's going to get new eyes Mm -hmm. each time. The kind of weird part of that fact is that you don't always feel like you're cultivating like a friendship the way you can with Instagram. But I, but I will say, and I've noticed this with my sister and I's music, like when you catch a follower and then you kind of keep showing up and they keep seeing you, these are pretty loyal people on TikTok. There's something set apart with how they respond on TikTok versus how they respond on Instagram. But I've received some of the wildest, most creative, mm-hmm. most soul-touching comments on TikTok. And you're like, how do you think of that? Yeah. But a lot of people are like that. And I wonder, I have to think the way that TikTok is set up and the fact that it is fairly uncensored, it's allowing like this freedom of thought and creativity. So people are showing up in their raw essence, if you will, and they're not curating even themselves in their comments like they do on TikTok. I find it very interesting. Yeah, I I truly do. And anyone who's listening to this podcast who has not checked out TikTok, you kind of need to. And who knows, TikTok might be supplanted by something else down the road. But for now, the most interesting stuff that I'm seeing out there is happening on TikTok, especially the ability to kind of do what you just said, which was, I saw a band in the back room at this place and I really loved them. They're only me and five other people. And so we're the original disciples of this band. And now we're going to watch them grow. And we're part of that. And, you know, it's that thrill of being an early adopter and being able to say, I knew them when. And you create this relationship. Ideally, and the goal I'm guessing you're probably working on is trying to take that relationship and bring it to your space on rethrivedesigns.com. Because, again... You don't want to build on rented land. And TikTok is rented land. Get them off, (laughs) get them out of that rented land and get them into your place that you own. But boy, you talk about a force multiplier for you, your brand and your message. And that single TikTok. So just let's get down to brass tacks and say that single TikTok video. How many orders can you attribute to it? in numbers is it Uh, five is it 50 that single video probably about 70 orders wow so uh, what what how does that compare in terms of what you would expect on a given week month whatever that exceeds what i've gotten from anything up to this point i mean yeah I've never had anybody respond that much on an Instagram post or a live or even a Facebook live when I've done Facebook lives, never got that kind of feedback. So that single post getting so many eyes, there were people saying, I'm saving it to my you know, favorites, saving it to a collection. I think there'll be future business from that. That video's actually still gaining some traction and some momentum. Even just this morning, I had people conversing with me there. So that's, I think, the cool part with what you were saying. It still lives on, and it it keeps regenerating life. The more people see it, and then it kind of gets another leg of life on it, so to speak. So it's very interesting for sure. But that definitely far exceeded what I thought would happen. I mean, you never know when you put your story out there. You have zero idea. I did not know what to expect. I had only made like a five or so videos on TikTok and I just kept kicking and because 
you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm 58 and I, you know, we're stubborn. We, you know, we're, we're creatures of habit when we get yep. our, we don't want to try new things and kudos to Kirsten because she just kept saying, mom, you really need to do this and I'll help you get it done. And she's had a thumb in my back and it's generating, it's amazing. I've gone live twice from that platform. I went live last night and people responded and I, it's new for me in a sense, but the concepts around it, like going live are not new for me, you know, those kind of things. But I think this leads back to the reason that I'm there. I think it has the potential and the reason I am doing it is because I want it to replace what was happening. I was meeting people face to face in Nashville. That was the lifeblood of our business. I love that interaction. I That's the thing I know that we'll miss the most. But not only that, what, what was really, truly prominent about vending in Nashville was that you have constant eyes on your booth. Yeah. And we haven't even experienced that. I mean, they did festivals and art shows for the first, what, 10, 10 11 years of the business. And even in a market that had 200,000 people come in and out, we did not see that kind of audience and crowd. So what the mayor doesn't realize is that when he took that away, he took a really special, very unique opportunity away from vendors like ourselves. Yeah. And so the reason we hopped on TikTok was we're making this a business. I mean, not we are already a business, but we're making now part of the business to be very consistent on TikTok because mm -hmm. we have to replace that now. Now we have to get the traction we got in the first video you saw. That's got to start happening all the time. And the only thing I know, and having been on TikTok since 2020, I think, not a super long time, what I have gathered, though, is that consistency and continually showing up over and over and over again, every single day, sometimes multiple times a day, you will reach that place, especially with what we're talking about here, especially if you have a story that is your true, authentic, honest, raw story that you don't have to lie about or, you know, add in these, yeah, these thrills. Yeah. That will, that will eventually, and I keep telling her, that will reach people. And it's just going to be a matter of time, which is the difficult part of this process is sitting here going, I don't have time. <laughs> you know, like, my bills don't get paused just exactly. because TikTok is kind of <laughs> growing, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it's been a pretty interesting predicament to be in. Yes. Necessity is the mother of invention. And thank God you have a daughter who's can kick you in the butt and get you to do it because she's absolutely right. I'm here to say, and by the way, I got you by about nine years. So when it comes to not early adopting on this stuff, in terms of not being naturally open to this stuff, I'm, I'm right there with you. But I work in advertising, so I have to keep my eyes on it and understand it. The thing that's blown me away as a marketer is the impactful power that is just sitting there. And for a minimal amount of investment of time and effort, you can yeah. really have results that might be incredible to you, yeah. especially if you do it, as you say, consistently over time. Now, nonfiction brand podcast listeners, don't worry. We have much more to talk about and we're gonna do it in next week's episode. But for now, I gotta kind of wrap up this one. 
I do, however, want to let you know that because you're listening, all you have to do is go to rethrivedesigns.com, take a look at some of their fine jewelry, which I love, and enter the promo code at checkout, nonfiction, that all one word, nonfiction, and you'll get a discount from the lovely and talented Roseman family. I want to thank you so much for being on the Nonfiction Brand Podcast and remind listeners that they're back again next week, so there's more goodness to come. But until then, I'm your host, D.P. Knutton, and they are... Joyce and Kirsten. Roseman. I'll fill in the Roseman for you. Of (laughs) rethrivedesigns.com. And by the way, check them out on, say it with me, TikTok. And by the way... I want to give you guys credit for this. I earlier talked about the kind of renewed enthusiasm I have for my podcast. I blame you for that because I'm thinking, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious because I was thinking, I saw your video and I'm like, God, this is so amazing. I love it. I want to learn more about it. I want to talk to them about it. And then I'm like, I want to talk to them. I want to TikTok. Oh, I'm going to start a new sub series of the nonfiction brand podcast called the TikTok sessions where I talk to people I'm very impressed with who are really killing it on building their personal, dare I say, nonfiction brand on what I consider to be the au courant, most powerful social media channel right now, and that is TikTok. So that's it again for this episode of the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. I'll be talking at you with the Rosemans next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.